You know what's funny is I did this mustache like three days ago just because I was shaving and I got done with the rest of it. And I was like, oh, this is funny. I'll leave it for a couple days. And then like nobody said anything or noticed. Am I the first one? <laughs> You're like the third one. My roommates lived with me for three days without saying a thing. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it looks good on you. Thank you. You know, I was listening to this flutter earlier. I saw a guy on TikTok who brought up a point about how when Odessa released The Last Goodbye, they have that like flutter thingy. And we've really kind of seen a lot of flutter house, stutter house, stutter house come yeah. since then. I don't know. I think maybe they played a part in that. I would have to believe. I mean, they have so many listeners, right? Yeah. I mean, just I remember when that first came out and I was like, dude, wait, what is this noise? I haven't really heard this. And then now it's like, oh, we hear that a lot. Yeah. Stutter house is so much fun. It's hella fun. You going to be making some? Oh, for sure. For sure. You can find stutters and echoes in, in probably 99% of the songs I make. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. They like a good flutter and we like a good uh, human being who might be listening to this podcast in this exact moment and this podcast is plurality with mikey and emood this is a pod about beautiful music and beautiful people episodes every other wednesday how the heck are you my dear dear pal i'm doing all right i'm doing all right had some uh some gigs over the weekend that were pretty dope and have some more gigs coming up that are pretty dope so yeah all good all good stuff heck yeah doing your thing uh, we're going to talk about it more in a bit, but yeah, I just got back from Breakaway Festival, which was super cool, actually, because Boston hasn't really had any type of thing remotely like that before. So we were all kind of like, oh, sick, we got our little Boston Festival and we got to see Grizz, which was dope. Yeah, I'm excited to hear all about it. But yeah, so for y'all's information, we got drop of the week. We got the little Breakaway recap and then we're going to do Gateway Tunes at the end. And I'm excited about that one. And that's what it is. <laughs> Let's get into it. Welcome. Episode 34. 34. Can you believe that? Dude, wait till 64. <laughs> wait till 104. Episode 104, we should do from a cool location. 104? Yes. Why not 100? <laughs> 104, baby. <laughs> that's the magic number. <laughs> yeah, didn't you know? That's like always the magic number. Duh, Moody. Always. You ever try to grow a mustache? You know, I've been trying. It's just not working out for me. Damn. That would kind of rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, though. I, uh, no, I, I do have hair here, but it's like it's really light, yeah. you know, so you can't really see it. I definitely have more hair around, like, my jawline, for sure. Your chin. And it's, like, random because some are just light, like, my lip, but then... Some are dark, and then some are like white. What? <laughs> it's very strange. If you if you could grow it, would you rock a goatee? A goatee? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I can be that nineties. <laughs> I, I love the nineties for what they were. I often wear nineties vintage clothing, but a goatee might be taking it a step too far. <laughs> maybe, maybe a mustache. Possible. Possible. <laughs> Anywho, what do you got? Drop of the week. Throughout this entire episode, I will be taking us to some old school sounds. 
old school slash underground sounds um, that have recently become internationally known. So we'll just get into it. My drop of the week is Microdosing by Unique, which is stylized all caps with two eyes, and instead of an E, there is the number three. <laughs> she's a phenomenal rapper. She's really good. She's really good. She's she's got a great flow with her delivery. That one is spicy. <laughs> also, I love that this track is called microdosing. Like to write in the lyrics, come get a dose of this drug. Stop microdosing my love. It's like, oh shit. He's like, yeah, no, you you should be taking a full tab of me, bitch. Don't be microdosing. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna start saying to people. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next pickup line with Miss Cream. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that song will get him hot and bothered, that's for sure. So I am stoked to talk about everything about the, the genre, this producer, because it all just has a really fucking cool story. Let's get into it. So Cherie Scary, a.k.a. Unique, is a producer, DJ, rapper, and singer, and is known as the club queen and prominent pioneer of Jersey Club. So since we've never talked about Jersey Club before, I thought I'd give like a quick rundown on the history and uh, what the genre is. Run it down. So Jersey Club, originally called Brick City Club, is a style of electronic club music that originated in Newark, New Jersey in the early 2000s. It was pioneered by DJ Tamil and other members of the Brick Bandits crew who were inspired by Baltimore Club's up-tempo hybrid of house and hip-hop, which emerged in the late 1980s. So this like stuff like dates way back, obviously. Like this is like some OG EDM shit. Similarly to its Baltimore influences, Jersey Club is defined by its fast bouncy groove at tempos in the 130 to 140 BPM range. Ooh, fast. And what makes it different from Baltimore Club is the prominent use of staccato, chopped hip hop samples and heavy triplet kick patterns. There is also a third genre within the club music trifecta called Philly Club, which was created around the same time as Jersey Club in the early 2000s. And this is really going to blow your mind because it blew mine. <laughs> Ready to blow. So, you know, when today, like, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I like club music. Like, when they say that, just as a statement. And then we take that to mean, okay, so you like. I don't care by Iconopop. Exactly. Like, music that's played at any club, like any nightlife venue. I do like that song a lot, by the way. Actually, the term when you would say, I'm really into club music, it was referring to these three specific genres from the East Coast, Philly, Baltimore, and Jersey Club. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like, <laughs> who knew? No one has any idea what club music is. Yeah, no one, yeah, no one understands like the origins and the history of it. 
Okay, so now we did this, that little lesson on the history of club music. I'm going to shift back to Unique. This is how she entered the party scene. She was taking ballet classes as a teenager, and she would hear like sounds of music coming from on on the street, like outside her ballet studio. And she was like, "What is that?" So she'd like head out to the street, and she found DJ Tamil selling his like mixtapes of the Jersey Club that he had produced. Whoa! And so she would like bring it back into her ballet class, and at the end, after you know they'd have like their lesson done, she'd put it on, and then they'd all like you know do some really <laughs> dope dances to it. And that's also something that's known heavily within the club music scene is that there are often like really viral videos of dances that people create to these types of music. I wish I knew all of this before listening to this song. <laughs> it's so interesting. Now I'm like, wow, now I have all of the context. And you know, that track came out in, let's see. 21. Yeah, it came out two years ago. So this is a very new Jersey Club sound and it's, you know, polished and refined. Whereas if you listen to the older Jersey Club tracks, like they might sound a little, you know, older because they had less <laughs> technology to work with. But yeah, that was like the, the start of her like entering the party scene. And when she started going to these events where Jersey Club was being played, she often wondered why there were only men DJing like every party she went to. She's like, I mean, like, why aren't any women doing this? So that pretty much prompted her to begin as a vocalist in the club scene, which followed by her learning how to DJ in 2011. And it was only two years later that she started producing her own tracks. Today, Unique is revered for transforming Jersey Club from an East Coast underground movement into an international sensation. Like in these last like three years specifically, like she's like just really pioneered the genre outside of her like local, you know, state to international stages across the globe. And then two super cool things that I thought were awesome about her. She throws an event called PB&J that highlights the club sounds from Philly, Baltimore, Baltimore and New Jersey. Jersey. Isn't up? that such a clever name? That's very, I like that. PB&J. And then the other fun fact about her that, uh, you know, it's close to home for me. She identifies as bisexual and hopes to one day open a queer club in Newark that is reminiscent of a popular now defunct New York City venue called The Globe, which was like her introduction to the ballroom scenes. She got to see all the queens doing their thing, voguing. And that's like where she just like found home at the crossroads of queer culture and electronic dance music, which is, you know, again, like <laughs> close, close to my heart. So yeah, she's awesome. And the music she makes is very dope. And she's trying to like bring the culture. That's really cool. You should go to a PB&J party someday. Oh, I would. I would love it for sure. If that's ever an option, that will be toy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. I got to drop the week for us. Inspired by a pashmina that I saw yesterday at Breakaway Festival. It was a cave on pashmina and it was really like light and beautiful. And I was like, oh, I remember cave on and I've been wanting to play like, I think a melodic bass artist on the pod for a little bit. And I think this is the opportunity. So even though this song isn't like the most melodic, because I couldn't help but pick this one. Kayvon does make incredible melodic bass. Everybody check him out. And we're going to listen to Can't Keep Loving, vocals by Stella Smith.
dirty trap beat there. Yo. The whole song is actually really pretty, but I really like that drop because it's mellow, but it packs a punch. Like it is dirty, like you said. Yeah. And then it's still a beautiful song, and I kind of was vibing with the message, you know? And so, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I like that the horns were like elongated rather than just being yeah. for one quarter note. It kind of was like two and a half, three quarter notes of a measure, which you don't often hear that, and especially a, a melodic bass track. It just made it big, you know? I like that. For sure. So let me, you know, let me tell you some stuff about Kayvon. And uh, I actually found an AMA that he did on Reddit and Ask Me Anything. It was really entertaining. And I was like, well, I'm just going to pull all my Kayvon information directly from this because it's right from him versus like some Wikipedia page. So this is way more fun. So why is his name Kayvon? That's actually literally his first name. And the name Kayvon happens to mean Saturn in English, which is super cool if you like space and planets. I didn't know that. There you go. I didn't know it as well. <laughs> I thought his inspirations and people that he mentioned multiple times sometimes that he would like to collaborate with people like... Eminem, Kid Cudi, Childish Gambino, and then Seven Lions, Illinium, Flume. He also mentioned Louis the Child, Weethan, and R.L. Grime, who we're going to play a little bit on this podcast. So I thought that was relevant. Also, Joyride is his favorite house producer of all time. Yes. Incredible taste, my friend. He also loves Abstract, Jaws, Chami, Oliver Helgens. I mean, I mean, those are like the kings right there. Fine, fine taste. <laughs> You're just missing maybe like Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a question that was like, who's on your Mount Rushmore of EDM? And Skrillex was on that. So there you go. he has his bases covered. <laughs> he also has really long, luscious locks. And how does he keep them so luscious? Well, that's head and shoulders with Pantene conditioner. But as you could hear from some of his influences, definitely like big rap influence because he only listened to rap until he went to Coachella in 2014. But then he felt all the love from all the strangers in the rave community, got to see Martin Garrix and Flume, which sparked his passion for EDM as a fan. He went to college, switched majors, health was declining, drank and smoked away the pain, reached complete defeat. He said, fuck it, let's drop out and try to make music and follow a dream. And then it worked. So that's pretty dope. And that's literally straight from a paragraph that he typed out responding to somebody just being like, yo, what's your story, man? So I thought that was super cool. That's his story. That is incredible. Can you imagine like going from never hearing like or, or really knowing about electronic music and then the first set you see is Flume? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, yo. <laughs> that's like you seeing um, Valentino Khan. <laughs> but Valentino Khan was like a lot. <laughs> Uh, anyway, though, Kayvon, really cool stuff, really good melodic bass, has evolved as an artist over the years. His new stuff definitely sounds different from some of his older stuff. So check him out if that's your jam, y'all. We'd be jamming. Yeah, I actually didn't know much about uh, Kayvon, but I know some of his tunes. Never seen him live, but the songs I do know, I definitely vibe with. I saw him once at Izu actually 2019 and had listened to him a little bit because I used to be just like such a melodic bass sad boy there for a, for a good chunk of time. I had my era 
discovering him was really exciting because all his songs are like big sounds and he has a distinct a distinct sound as a producer as well and those are cool qualities especially in a melodic bass producer you know yeah not surprising that elenium was on his list of influences absolutely what a beautiful time of uh <laughs> of raving that was superhuman all the dylan matthews songs Said the sky. Dabbing. Dabbing. But now they're all evolving and doing new and exciting stuff. It's fun to see. You probably put Arm and Hammer in there a little bit too. Oh, absolutely. Sad Boy Kings, those two. Joe and uh, it's like Vincent. They go a little bit harder though. Oh, yeah. They can throw down. Well, I guess Elenium is too, though. Elenium can be harder. <laughs> I remember seeing a like Instagram post in like 2019 of like Nicholas, like Alinium, said the sky, Dabin, and I think it was Alinium's manager all like playing a game of spike ball. I was like, I want to play spike ball with these guys so bad. <laughs> that like is a distinct memory. Damn, that's a group of people I want to play spike ball with. Just like when your friend is uh, snowboarding with Nightmare. Like, oh, why can't I be there? That would be cool. I, well, next time. <laughs> I heard you went to a pretty dope festival this weekend in Boston. I have to be honest. I think based on what I know about this one and a recent festival that occurred, I think it was a lot more organized than Electric Zoo was. I have to say <laughs> it went smoothly, not overcrowded. The actually we were laughing. The amount of people that were there is the amount of people that Izu oversold the whole festival. <laughs> 7K? Yeah, it was like 8,000. Damn, that sounds like a fun fest. But it was one stage, right? It was one stage. Yeah. It was exciting because Boston really hasn't had any type of big festival outside of Boston Calling, which is the lineup is really different every year and is very little EDM. To have like an EDM two-day festival was really exciting for all of us. And listen to this lineup. We had some solid names. Day one, Knock 2, Chami, Lane 8, Porter Robinson. Saturday, the 16th, we had Surf Mesa, Evan Gia, Elderbrook, Maddion, and Grizz. There was also this guy, Gashi, but we don't need to highlight him. I can tell you why in a moment. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it was really fun. We had me, Nick, Vanna, and Mike were there. And then there was this girl behind us in line on the first day who was there solo and her like ex was there apparently. And so we like made friends with her and she hung out with us. And then her other friend was there the next day for her first rave, lost her phone. Whoopsies. <laughs> had to go home early. Seemed to have mostly a good time. Found her phone at the lost and found. So it was returned. But like it was a very like fresh rave baby experience as well sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but she really did uh seem to have some good time we were vibing we were jamming good good so it was just like each artist would follow the next there was no so like you have no option but to watch who's on <laughs> there's one stage so we got there on on friday at like six for knock two and it was literally knock two into chami into lane eight into porter porter robinson i actually really enjoyed his set because I had only seen him once before at izu and that was the set where he just wanted to play ignorant shit if you remember i do recall in his words not mine and so we did discover apache fortunately that night but Porter put on a great set. Nick was obsessed with Lane 8 set, and it was, of course, gorgeous. But honestly, of, of the weekend, man, Grizz was 
freaking sensational it was yes. so amazing and it was the only wubby set like there was really no dubstep man grizz was so good and i haven't seen him since before covid and it was a treat we're gonna miss him oh you you want to hear some stuff he played just in the first half yeah he played dnb grizztronics sick fucking fabulous he played a bass house color of your soul which was absolutely dynamite i was shuffling to grizz and color of your soul come on <laughs> it was fun that is sick he did of course inner bloom his like slowed down saxophone version of it i have a video i posted it on our tiktok actually today i'll text it to you it's gorgeous so Grizz, just a big thank you to that beautiful soul for the tunes he creates and obviously the positive impact that he makes on the raving community. He gets on the mic and is just spreading very positive vibes, good messages, important messages for people to know. So very grateful that we have someone like that in the community and hopefully many more follow suit. This has been my TED Talk on Grizz and our love. (laughs) He's just, he's been doing this so long and he's just such a pro at so many things beyond just being a DJ and producer. Like he can perform live an instrument. He performs saxophone live. He has other live people come out and sing and play other instruments. And then he's also just really well versed in throwing his own events. Like he throws massive raves in, um, where does he do that? Virginia, I think. Yeah, the where he has Christmas and his New Year's show, and like he just—he's a pioneer for using light and lasers, and just knowing, like, yeah, I'm gonna get a really cool laser designer and make this the most epic thing it could be. Literally, he's pushed a lot of boundaries with a lot of performances and production for sure and then on top of that he's just a really awesome person just in general what a legend dope dude seems to have a great sense of humor i loved his uh he did his michael scott drop where he played like i don't know it was like taylor swift or something it, it might not have been but it's kelly clarkson which yes, since you've been gone. yes that's exactly what it since is you've been gone. and he goes no no stop <laughs> Also, I I can't think of any other DJ. Allison comes close, but Grizz takes the cake for best merch. Like he's just so good at getting the right designers and like just creating these amazing designs. His jerseys were everywhere. And I was like, these are all so sick. At first I was like, are all these people in the same rave fam? And then I realized, no, this is literally just like Grizz merch. That's how dope it was. 
but like that's basically what he's doing is like everyone who has his shit is like Grizz fam that's awesome for sure like Grizz and Allison are similar in that regard that they will release multiple lines of merch within a calendar year like other people are like oh here's like my one t-shirt and they're like yeah, yeah. no <laughs> we're gonna do multiple collections throughout the year and I imagine that's a good way for artists to make revenue outside of you know music and touring uh, you know they just he just gets it some of them get it that's one of them that Chris that Christopher we're gonna miss him I think he's down to his last like four or five shows now because he has three more in Denver he just announced mission ballroom to close it at but I think he's about to go on some adventures experience some life things some growth some inspiration and like who knows when he's gonna come back the type of dope stuff he's gonna be making so listen y'all when Grizz comes back like that music is gonna be so insane <laughs> like, like like we could be sad now but i think in the long run like let's all be happy yeah no i i'm not even sad about it i i think it's well-deserved time off he's been touring like crazy yeah he needs forever. a break ever he needs a break burnout is so real and because producers make so little on streaming services and selling cds and vinyl like they have to tour that's like the way that they make a living and for someone who is so popular across the globe, like that can get just so tiring, especially just like when you're thinking about going forward and backward in time, when you're going through time zones, like someone could be in Ibiza, which is what, like five or six or seven hours ahead of us, and then come to New York the next night and do a show there. That MK did that. We saw MK last year at Mirage, and he had literally been DJing with Diplo and Ibiza the night before. And he like he kind of fucked up like multiple times during his set in New York. And I was like, the dude's so fucking tired, man. Like I can't even like be mad at him about it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what time it is. So Grizz, we support you, and we're looking forward to your new music. Yeah, man. However many years or whatever time in the future that is. We're going to play some Grizz because we've been talking about him for so long. His most recent release, Saxo Rhythm. Let's get some saxophone. This is Grizz time. Yeah. Yes. Dude, how is his bass so thick and so crunchy? Because he eats his cereal every morning. <laughs> he really do. <laughs> uh, so, hey, thank you, Grizz. We love you. A couple other uh, notes from Saturday I could give you. Shout out to Maddion for playing some Rez. That was great. Didn't expect that. Ooh. Love that out of him. That's definitely a curveball. Yeah, definitely a curveball. Have you seen Elderbrook before? I have not. They played at Izu this year, but we... I, I swear my, my memories from Izu this year are just like, they're going to be pretty non-existent because like <laughs> it was just the entire weekend was a fucking blur in like two seconds. 
because you know when you're expecting something you're like okay you know how it's gonna go because you've done it before and like it's gonna be like this and then it was nothing like that <laughs> wrong <laughs> they were during high low so yeah that oh, i was not yeah. missing high low for elderbrook sorry elderbrook i i do like your music i like that track that they do with martin garrix fire so he's just like a british guy apparently and i you know we've listened to his tunes for a while very vibey very beautiful but he's quite the performer and he sings all his stuff live i did know that yeah, yeah i didn't even know he was a singer he was balling and he had so many different instruments set up and so many different mic stands and he would like dramatically like put the microphone in the mic stand and then go to playing the instrument and then it was time to sing he would like snatch the microphone and like do some moves it was cool <laughs> he was killing it he so. pulled out some karate <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was he was like doing poi with the microphone <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so fun basically rock singers like in rock bands like sometimes they'll take the, oh, the yeah. mic and like <laughs> swing it around in a circle but what if <laughs> what if an edm artist like ups you and get has two mics starts poying with them singing like he uses it as like a stutter because it's farther <laughs> and it closer past yeah. his mouth yeah <laughs> too good He's got that song Cola that's so good. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that because it was... That one's a banger. Viral on the internet. Oh, that's with Camel Fat. She sips the Coca-Cola. She can't tell the difference. She can't tell the difference. That's what you're coming for Don't wanna let you in You talk it back to the floor Asking what's happening He's getting ain't not him Enough of the arguments She sips the Coca-Cola She can't tell the difference yet That's what you're coming for But they don't wanna let you in You talk it back to the floor Let's see this uh, Elderbrook Martin Garrix song. This was a cool track for Martin Garrix to collab on because he's usually more big roomy sound and this is like more deep progressive. I do like that too. I don't know that Elderbrook played this one yesterday. This is one of the only songs I know by him other than Cola, of course. <laughs> oh, really? Well, let me... Uh... Oh, he has this one with vintage culture called Talk It Over. That one's beautiful. Mm -hmm. 
song a lot because I'm looking for a human that we can just talk it over with at any time and just communicate and be chill. And that's like what I feel this message is. And it resonates with me. So I, I really enjoyed when this one played yesterday. Did you know the song before you saw it live? Mm, I saved this one on March 27th, 2023. My first Elderbrook song was saved in 2020. Which one is that? Why do we shake in the cold? Elderbrook has really pretty music, everybody. So if you want to get lost in it, like we just did, go check him out. Uh, before Elderbrook was Gashi and... Yeah, I've been waiting in anticipation. What, what <laughs> the hell did Gashi do to piss you off? <laughs> well, first of all, like day two, that well, there was a hurricane supposed that like flew by us, as you may know. And the winds were pretty high, so they couldn't start on time. So they had to cut the first set from three to four. And then they were like, kind of like shortening time between sets. I think a few people got shortened. So surf Mesa started come out throwing down super great energy. He played his vibey stuff for then most of it. And then finished throwing down again, really fun set. Definitely could have been later. Then Evan Gia came on, who's married to Ishan in Memba. Dude, she's so cool. I have such a crush on the two of them as like a couple. <laughs> I think they're like the coolest couple out there. Yeah, I agree with that. She, I thought she was so cool. I said that to my friends like three times. Like, damn, she's cool. She's super dope. Yeah, she's just hella dope. She had a meet and greet after, met all her people. And her energy is actually the way she performs and engages with the crowd. I can kind of see some things that her and Ishan have in common because he's really good about like engaging with the crowd. I felt in similar fashions, having seen them like a week apart, it was really cool to, to see their energies. And I just can't imagine that they absolutely rock together. So yeah, I, I agree. Hey, maybe we'll get to hang out with them together sometime. Yeah. We didn't know when we saw her open for Allison on her loner tour, if she was just a vocalist or if she was going to DJ too, like Kalina does, but yeah, no, she just sang the whole time and it was, it was phenomenal. It was a great set. Yeah, banging. So then after that, at six o'clock was Gashi, who is kind of like a rapper on French Montana's label, is my understanding, and has like some EDM tunes, does a lot of EDM stuff. But he just came out and was like, he was playing like Kanye songs, which is fine. But like, it was, it was just like, he was just playing like Mo Bamba, like just like the music he like wanted to listen to, I think. And it was like, might as well have just been someone clicking play on Spotify. And he was basically like an MC because he wasn't DJing. He had a DJ behind him and he was in front of the like stage, just like talking about like 
his life and just telling us about how lit everything was. And the first, actually within the first 10 minutes, he got out there and he was like, how's my volume? These breakaway people don't want to make me loud enough. Like tell them to turn it up. Is, are we loud enough? And everyone was like, no, make it louder. And he was like, all right, turn my shit up breakaway. And like, I don't, can't imagine that that went over very well with the breakaway people. Oops. And <laughs> he just kept like mid song, whatever song it was, just like, waving to his like DJ, the guy actually playing music to just cut the music. And he cut the music like four times in like 15 minutes to just like talk random stuff. <laughs> does he like rap or anything or sing or? Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. He was like singing and rapping. And At first you made it sound like he was just talking the whole time. I'm <laughs> like, what, what was the performance? <laughs> no, no, there was actual like singing. He was basically like covering some songs and then playing some of his songs. And then he literally got just cut off after like 30 minutes. Someone from Breakaway must have decided like, hey, we're behind schedule. We have Grizz coming on. We have Maddie on and Elderbrook coming on. Let's give them the time that they deserve (laughs) and just cut this guy. Also, this guy just one of the times when he stopped the music, he's like, I'm working on a country album, but I'm so excited to be here. And I was just so confused. I was like, what? You're like a rapper on French Montana's label who's like playing Kanye's Ninjas in Paris and then some like bass house, and then you're making a country album, but you also went to UMass Amherst. How do you spell his name? G-A-S-H-I. It was just an interesting experience. And you know what? I kind of enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Interesting. Maybe he doesn't know what he is either. (laughs) But uh, thus concludes my uh, breakaway recap. Great tunes, good homies, some fun moments, some new friends, saw a lot of old friends. I ran a shout out to Edie and Abe who I saw also at Memba last week and met at Gasly last year. Noel and Dominic, great to see you, pals. Good times. Alex and Sydney, thanks for hanging. Thanks for sending me a pic with Fana and Nick. It made me happy. Oh, we were thinking about chat. Yeah. I did a backflip in there and posted it on Instagram and like people thought it was cool. That was cool. <laughs> you could be going viral on TikTok now for all you know. You know, maybe I'll have to post it on TikTok. <laughs> do you have a personal TikTok? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> I like to post stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, you actually. do, right? Okay. I couldn't remember if- well, it sounds like a good time, and I hope Boston continues to bring the beautiful world of UDM to its lovely city. It was. It was a good time. Also, shout out to the night one sunset. Beautiful. Thanks for hanging with us. Security was really nice as well. They were pretty chill. Love that. Good attitudes. They were excited to be there. There was a skating rink. Wow. Yeah, they, they did some good some good things. Like, uh, like rollerblading? Mm-hmm. That's dope. You could like sign a waiver and rent skates. Yeah, Mike wanted to do that, so me and Nick and Mike... Put on some skates, wheeled around a little bit. Was there like a DJ there or no? No, but there was a silent disco also, actually, which was popping. Was it while you were skating or there was a separate silent disco? <laughs> no, silent disco was separate from skating, uh, but that would have been sick. It would have been really cool. If it was a silent skating disco. Missed miss that <laughs> chance. That would have caused injury for Probably. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on this channel. I'm on this channel. <laughs> you, what channel are you on? I'm on red. I'm on fucking red after busting my head. All right. uh, We got one segment to go. Gateway Tunes. And this is a segment where... What do do we do? What is your interpretation of this segment, Moody? My interpretation of this segment is we are playing tracks that we think, if someone heard for the first time, might 
whet their appetite to Ooh, jump yeah. into the genre that it is written in. Precisely. Just doing a little wetting of the appetite, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you have? So mine is actually a sequel, if you will, from our drop of the week. I like the story of Jersey Club so much that I decided to do this part on DJ Tamil, who... Who got unique into exactly the ballet club jersey scene one of the pioneers of jersey club and this track i think you'll understand what i'm, I'm not gonna say the name of it <laughs> I, i'm just gonna play it okay and then I, I think everyone will just understand i mean i'll say the name afterward but i think everyone will understand why i chose this track i'm excited this is where it gets good. in the background bum, 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 that sound is like true to old school rave uk sound obviously that track samples rihanna's track rude boy that came out i don't know probably it's 2008 i think it did so good like he just took a classic pop track and turned it into a really dope jersey club tune mm, mm. he's also remixed other uh, pop tracks like alicia keys and he also did lady gaga disco stick which is another cool one <laughs> so i thought i would say a little bit about our homie dj tamil he started out making chicago house mixtapes as a teenager in the early 90s after making connections in the Baltimore scene, he began playing Baltimore club records at teen parties and clubs in the downtown Newark area. He produced his first club track in 2001, which was released on his own label, Anthrax Records. There were two other DJs, Tim Dalla and Mike V, who also began producing their own club tracks around this time as a duo named the Brick Bandits. They originally were direct competition with Tamil, but then after like feuding for a little bit, he's like, nah, it's not worth it. I'm just going to join them. <laughs> <laughs> the Brick Bandits. <laughs> yeah, legit. So he joined them in 2002 and they coined the phrase Brick City Club, which we now know as Jersey Club. And one really cool uh, tidbit that when I was reading about these parties that they used to throw back in the day that I vibed with was despite the prevalent violence that was happening in Newark around that time and gang violence and things like that, the parties that were thrown by the Brick Bandits around the city and at the Branch Brook skating rink were known to be safe spaces for kids. Oh. And that's, you know, just a true testament to the rave scene as a whole that we are just making this music to unify people and to spread human connection. And keep the kids safe. Keep everybody safe. Hell yeah, that's really cool. So that's my check. 
DJ Tamil. If Unique didn't get you in the mood, let DJ Tamil, the OG, bring you over to the the club music. <laughs> Take us home. I was just thinking about how great like our contrast of styles as podcasters is. You're bringing in the history, and I'm bringing in a song that came out two days ago. Yeah, <laughs> so great. Old school and new school colliding. We got it all. I'm gonna need your help with some of this as far as genres goes. This one is in a lot of places, but I'm excited about it. And two days ago, I actually went to text you this RL Grime song that I really liked that I thought just came out, which it did at the beginning of September. What was that one called? I must find it. (laughs) I must. Uh, It's called Around Me. That one was poppin'. But... Then I went on RL Graham Spotify and was like, wait, this is actually not the most recent thing because it looks like he has a new album that came out today, literally the day I was checking, September 15th. Yes. And it's an hour and 17 minutes actually split into three discs and it's really good. But this one song with our homie ISOXO is an adventure and we're going to play it right now and it's called Jewel. And it's going to take you from genres to genre. So you take your pick. I'm ready. of early 2010 Steve Aoki in the back the noise (laughs) (laughs) this is sick like what shit so much like fuck a genre fuck a genre this is whatever you want to call it (laughs) there are literally no rules
we're talking going from like trap dubstep into like ethereal psy techno like i don't know what that well see i was psyched out because at the first drop like the first two beats were hard style and then it switched and i was like oh okay that, that was interesting but then at the second drop there were like five beats of hard style and i was like oh okay yeah. oh yeah <laughs> and then it switched again like back to trap <laughs> i'm not a doctor but i thought it worked oh 100 percent. i mean like these are two phenomenal <laughs> producers who i just saw rl grime do a a pop-up at silo and it was just balls to the wall man like such a good show we hadn't seen him since EDCO 2019, so before COVID, and it was just such a killer. I, unfortunately, like the the openers weren't up to par in my opinion, but he was so worth the wait. <laughs> like he has such a catalog of ludicrous songs. Him and Skrillex are at the top of my list. Skrillex might be number one, but artists that I have yet to see on my list that I really would like to still check off. I've got most of that list, but. Skrillex and R.L. Grime. I need him. I need him. Yes. Well, since his new album just came out, I bet he'll be doing a tour nationally soon. Yes, yes. Hopeful for that. Why don't I tell you a little bit about Henry Alfred Steinway, 32 years old from Los Angeles, California. He was uh, in Boston for one year in college at Northeastern University before transferring to NYU up in New York City to finish a music business degree. He's been dropping tunes for over a decade. He first kind of got popular. I don't know if you've heard his Halloween mixes that he's done every year since 2012. And he does fun stuff with them. He's had voice cameos from Tony Hawk, Pharrell Williams, Hannibal Burris, Shaq, Guy Fieri, T-Pain, Bruce Buffer, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and the children's author, R.L. Stein, Goosebumps author, is part of the inspiration for the name R.L. Grime. So that's an interesting little tidbit. But overall, Henry is so talented and just makes big, big noises. And if you were looking to break into any of those genres that were in that song, whether it was dubstep or trap or hardstyle or... I don't know. What would you call the like beautiful stuff in the middle? Probably like progressive house. <laughs> it was, that was my favorite part for sure. Like it was so beautiful. It was gorgeous. Yes. I saw it in your face. You were like, oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was definitely my favorite part. I mean, I, I enjoyed the whole track, but that was definitely a highlight for me. That is a good one. So, Hey y'all, if you have a spare hour and 17 minutes, that's an album that I would recommend. Uh, there we go. Complete. Completo. Finito. Fin. All right. This one's called Every by Red Light. Get some garage on the pod. What do we call them over there? The, the skankin' lads say. The uh, skankin' lads say. Garage. UK garage. Garage. Did you see my shirt? It's a, it's a dead mouse shirt. Fuck yeah, Meowingtons. <laughs> yeah, it's Professor Meowingtons. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, I found it on eBay. eBay's got a lot of good stuff. eBay's got some good stuff. You just gotta know where to where to go. You might be able to get a seven dollar fuck yeah Meowingtons shirt if you play your cards right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like listening to this podcast with a couple of proud kitty owners. I'm more like an uncle, actually. My roommate's the owner. But you can learn all about us on Instagram, 
Twitter, TikTok, Threads, at Plurality Pod. I played my first Latin house set. Ooh. I told you I listened to your whole bass uh, weekend. What was that event called? Uh, City Soul Bass Weekender. Yeah, I was vibing with your set. And I love any time any song that has made it on the podcast was in your set. I think there was like three of them. And that made me happy. We had some Arl Grime in there for sure. Yeah, yeah, Had yeah. some Allison in there. Yeah. Some Jungle, some Breakbeat, some Drum and Bass. Yeah, it's on SoundCloud. It's on SoundCloud for the people. And my Latin House one will also be up on SoundCloud soon. Just got to record it and get it up. Did you have fun with that one? I did, yeah. It was my first ever Latin House set. Yeah. I've put Latin House songs in sets before, but I've never done a full. just a Latin House set. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's a great genre to dance to. It's just, you know, a lot oh of... Oh my gosh, yeah. In the hips. A lot of hips. Yes. E-Mood on Spotify, people, for all the playlists that you need from Plurality's tunes that get played. Check it. Shout out to oh, yeah. our homies, Alley Cat, Miss Cream, and the one and only. The one and only. Barbara Streisand. Yes, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we crushed this episode, not gonna lie. Crushed, annihilated. Join us next time on episode, what, 35? We're kind of buzzing right now. One episode closer to 104. Damn, <laughs> I can't wait. All right, Plurbies, well, we'll see you next episode. Thank you for vibing with us. Peace, love, and booty. Peace, love, and booty. <laughs> Bestie booties. Important. Must have consent. Must have consent. <laughs> and Moody's here to make sure we know. Oh, yes. I am the consent police. Holy. If no consent is had, your ass is mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we did it. <laughs> we did it. First, I'll say peace, love, and garage. Garage. <laughs> Love y'all. Love you, player bees. Talk to you so soon. <laughs> <laughs>